Man, we'll turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and we're going to unfold and unveil here Kingdom Builders. Is I want to make sure that everyone has one of these in their possession. If you don't have a booklet in your hand, can you just raise your hand real quick, and we're going to get some people um, out there to make sure that happens. Um, can you, do we have any more of these? All right, great. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised if you don't have one. Okay? If you don't have one, keep your hand raised. Keep your hand raised until you get one, then put your hand down. Right over here in the back as well, there's one right over here in the corner, and um, one right over there as well. Okay, great. Awesome. Wonderful. Um, in your possession here, you have our Kingdom Builders uh, booklet. We, we do this every, every year, okay? And so, but I want to just kind of touch a little bit. Um, about what Kingdom Builders is and what we do with our finances here at the church. So if you're a guest with us, I want to encourage you today that if you've come to church here any longer than just a day, you'll know that we don't touch on money very often. Amen? It's, it's, not, it's, it's pretty rare, about once or twice a year. Um, I, I'm very sensitive to the ideas and the thoughts that, peop, that some people may have um, about finances in the church. Um, um, you know, uh, the, the, the normal thing is that all that church is, all they want is money, <laughs> right? All they want is my money. Well, there's a little truth to that too, but no, I'm not, I'm just playing. Okay. What we truly do live by here at river of life church, um, is this key verse in Matthew chapter six, verse 33. And it says, seek his kingdom, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, <clears throat> to break this verse down very briefly, seek first his kingdom. The word kingdom there simply means, you break that word up, simply means the king's dominion, all right? His, his uh, um, um, authority over um, the situations in our life. So when you hear people talk about the kingdom of God advancing, really what it's talking about is the king's dominion advancing in the life of a believer, in the life of person, or in the situation. It's the reason why that us as believers truly believe that when there is sickness, right, when there is sickness here on the earth, we believe that God has dominion over that. Does that make sense? Here's why. Because the Bible says Jesus actually prayed, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, your king's dominion, the kingdom of heaven. The Bible always says this, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, simply meaning that Jesus carries the kingdom. He is encapsulated. The kingdom of God is within him and is him. And because it's in him, therefore you have and carry the same presence in the kingdom of God if you've said yes to Jesus this morning. How do I know that? Well, it's really simple. The word of God says that it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives inside of me. It also says that it's not I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. We carry the king's dominion. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean we get to go around and boss people around. That's not what that means, okay? Doesn't mean we walk into Walmart and just simply own it and tell people what they can and can't do. 
But what that means is you carry around the confidence that Christ is inside of you. So that way, when the Holy Spirit says, or when there's an opportunity that presents itself, you can pray for those people and see the king's dominion in that situation. Does that make sense? So here at the church, we truly believe to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Plain and simple, righteousness means right relationship with God. The right thing. Now, my works, hear me out, my works and what I do, the word of God calls them as filthy rags. My righteousness, the things I do in and of myself, of me, I'm gonna do this for Christ. And I think those, are, I think those great things are noble. I think we should set out and have goals and missions that we want to accomplish. But when he speaks and when we follow what he says and when we're obedient to that, now it becomes what he wants. And that's where the things happen. So Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. What most believers do is we want the things before we seek. We want the stuff before we actually settle in and have a right relationship with God. And then if God doesn't produce for us, then we start dis getting ourselves disappointed in what God said he was going to do. And God simply wants us to seek him first, have a relationship. And the Bible is, is, doesn't lie. Amen? Who agrees with that? Every single word that is written in this book is absolutely true for your life and for my life. And the Bible says this. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will follow you. They'll be added to you. I love how God does that. Because most believers, what we do, and I had to work through this, I'm just gonna be quite honest with you, is I wanted God to do this for me. I wanted God to do that for me. I wanted God to do this for me. And there's nothing wrong with us asking those things of God. But we have to honestly answer ourselves, are we actually being obedient to what God has asked of us? What God has asked of us. See, the Bible, as we unfold money, finances, in the church and what that all means and what that looks like, all right? If you get offended by that, I'm sorry. You don't have to listen to this message or you can listen to it later and really hear our heart on this. But the Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Why is that? <laughs> Why is that? Because both God and money offer confidence and assurance. However, one of those things will be burnt and crumble and rust. But we have to make a decision on which we're going to serve. Are we going to serve God or are we going to serve money? Now, am I saying to you that money's bad? Absolutely not. 
Money is amoral. It's what we do with what we have is what matters. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible puts it like this. You cannot serve two masters. You can only serve God or mammon. Okay? Mammon isn't a type of food like I always thought it was for a long time. Okay? Mammon in the New Testament is actually a spirit. It's called the spirit of mammon, which is called the spirit of, I'll just put it to you like this, the spirit of money. Okay? Does it have a grip on your heart? Who are we relying on the most, the spirit of money, or are we relying on God for the resources in our lives? Does that make sense? Forbes magazine, the other Bible. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Like we all read Forbes magazine in here, okay? But I found this quote, and I found it really interesting. In Forbes, says, money and possessions are the second most referenced topic in the Bible. Money is mentioned more than 2,000 times. And the message is clear. Nowhere in scripture is debt viewed in a positive way. And I'd like to suggest something this morning that all of us in some way, shape, or form are in some kind of debt if you're not praise the Lord. You got on Dave Ramsey and you went, I'm debt free. Okay, super great. I think it's awesome. And that is the goal, is to be debt-free. But I like to think of it like this. I can't, I can't allow the money that is there for me to hold me in bondage to myself. Okay? To me, to my ideas, to what I can and can't do. To what God is asking me to do compared to the resources that I have. I want you to know something, that God's dream for you is much bigger than the resources that you have. Why is that? Because then faith is applied to our actual lifestyle. If we didn't have faith applied to our lifestyle, why in the world would we want to be a Christian? Right? I believe, and I'll say this here in a little bit, but I believe that every believer has an appetite for the impossible or should have an appetite for the impossible. And there's one of the greatest lies, I think, that we've kind of just accepted in the church when it comes to finances is, the more money you have, the more spiritual you must be. Or the opposite is true. The less money you have, either the more spiritual you are because you want to be like Jesus and we all know Jesus lived in poverty. I'm saying that facetiously. Okay? Or the less money you have means you're really living by faith. I want you to know that those two myths are actually lies when it comes to the word of God. God wants us to be abundantly living in him financially, resourcefully, all those things. He wants us to do that, but he does not want us to make that God in our lives. Remembering the things that matter most to him, loving your neighbor as yourself, loving your enemy like you love God. That's probably the most difficult thing ever, especially in our political climate today. But we don't get a pass, Christians. 
We still have to love our enemies like we love God. See, when we talk about finances, there's a few things that we can unfold. So let's just highlight these real quick. Number one, according to your finances, everything. And I mean everything is a heart issue to God. Everything's a heart issue to God. So many people say they love God with their lips, but their hearts are far from it. That's written in the word. Their hearts are far from it. God's not too impressed by how much you worship. He's more interested in our hearts being connected to him. Hear what I'm saying? Everything is a heart issue with God. The second thing is, it really is all about faith. When it comes to finances, it really comes down to faith. Where our faith meter is at. Every single one of us was given a measure of faith. Track with me, okay? Every single one of us was given a measure of faith according to what the word of God says. Now, now, what we do with that measure of faith is on us. It's like the parable of the talents. One was given one, another was given five, another was given 10. The one that had five and the one that had 10 went and invested their talents and got more. The one who had one was afraid. So they went and buried it in the ground. They were afraid of the master. So they went and buried it in the ground, right? Came back looking for the investment. The master says, the one with one, I want you to give it to the one with 10. And then the one with 10, he said, I'm going to make you ruler over cities. It's all about what we have and what we do with it. The measure of faith that we have. And the last one is abundance. This is a fun one to talk about. Because when we start talking about abundance, right, when we start talking about abundance, we always go, well, God, God doesn't want that for me. And I'd like to challenge that thinking, right? I'd like to challenge that thinking with maybe it's us who think we're not worthy of God's abundantly life that he has for us. Whether that be in resources, whether that be in finances, whether that be in faith or grace or whatever the case is. We like to think to ourselves, God doesn't want that from me. I want to encourage you this morning that God wants to bless you abundantly in your resources. In your resources, in your finances. It is for you. Why? Because I believe we serve an extra God. <laughs> so extra all my teens, I think, maybe know what that means, right? So extra that the heavens are paved with gold. The streets, it's like asphalt here, right? Asphalt costs nothing. We can just pave whatever we want to pave, right? So in heaven, gold to us is like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. God's like, man, so what? It's just gold. Because he's extra, he believes in the abundant lifestyle for me and for you. And he wants us to settle into that and believe that 
everything that heaven has to offer because of the cross of Christ. And when he died on the cross, the veil was ripped. And therefore, that gave us complete access to what everything heaven has to offer. And I mean everything that heaven has to offer. That includes your finances. So what's God's then? Let's talk about some of these ideas. You know, when we, when we talk about the abundance, there are some jumping platforms that we actually have to leap from first, okay? The first one is this big word called tithe. What is the tithe, right? Tithe, according to the word, it's 10% of your earning. In the Old Testament, primarily with Melchizedek, he was the first Christ type of where people would bring a tithe to, king, to the king okay, of their earning, their crops. They would bring 10% into, into him. That's where this originated from. It wasn't a law that Moses passed. It wasn't something, it was, it was a heart issue. Do you hear what I'm saying? It was a heart issue. So these, we'll just call them these, these Jewish farmers, right? Would go farm and they would take 10% of the crop that they had and they would bring it to the king and say, here is our tithe. Dave Ramsey teaches to, to Fortune 500 companies, right? And to people who are very, very extremely wealthy, you take 10% and you give it to a nonprofit organization. There's just a law that applies to this. So for order, in order for us to live in the abundance of God's favor and the abundance of God's uh, 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 mercy and abundance of God's resources, we have to start plain and simple at the tithe. Now, like I said before, everything is a heart issue to God, every single thing, okay? And you may be sitting here this morning and you had a really rough year last year. I want you to know that God's not looking at you going, oh, you didn't tithe, shame, shame, right? That's not how the Lord works. That's not how he operates. He cares about grace. Some of you may have faith for 10%. Some of you may have faith for 2%. Some of you may have faith for 1% of your earning. Some of you may have faith for 3%, 5%, fill in the number, 20%. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is this, is that your heart and your faith is connected to what you're giving. That's what matters. That your heart and your faith are connected to what you're giving. Now that's the tithe, that's the church. So why do we tithe to the church? Number one, we tithe to the church because we have a church building. I'm just going to be real honest with you. Your faithfulness in giving a tithe, and we'll just stick with the 10% amount just for discussion's sake. Your 10% weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, annually, whatever the case is. When I lived in Minnesota, we had a lot of farmers who would give once a year. Praise the Lord for that. You know, I encourage every time you get paid, to swipe 10% right off of that and go, okay, I'm dedicating this by my heart with my faith to the Lord, okay? So we give 10% to 
to help us with the heat bill. You know what's really interesting, though, over the last year, over COVID time, it's funny that Dan said that. It's like, there really was a pre-COVID time, like, right? And we're actually coming up to the year where we can remember that we had to shut down the church. It's coming up in about four weeks. We had our, if you guys remember this, we had our Valentine's banquet. You guys remember that? Okay, we had Andrew Stanley here as our comedian, and he was hilarious. We had about 400 people packed in this room. Then we uh, remembered the life of Ron Monroe, who is a wonderful, wonderful man, went to be with Jesus. Then we had our annual business meeting. Then we shut down. That was at the end of February of last year. And it's amazing to me how when something's taking away from you, you don't quite appreciate it as much when you have it. And we got to May of 2020 doing all the things that we could do for the church, going online. I've, it was the weirdest thing having Easter service online where we had 350 people watching online for the first time. And that amazing? Not for the first time, but 350 people watching online. We had a Good Friday service online. We had church online. Da-da-da-da. Online. <laughs> Everything was online. Some of us knew how to get there. Some of us were like, I don't even own a computer. Or how do I do this on my phone again? <laughs> right? And it's just amazing. We got to May and I was coming to the board and I was getting ready to say, okay, guys, I'm ready to open up. Doesn't matter what government says, doesn't matter what's going on right now, we're gonna do this because I believe we need to start meeting again. Went to the board before we met, about two or three hours before we met, that's when the, the orders of the governor got struck down. And I was like, hallelujah, dodge the bullet, praise the Lord. Whew. Deflect. It was wonderful. God just timed that and worked that out so well. And I'm telling you this to say this, that when you're faithful with your tithe, okay, with your money and your tithe, we get to open the church doors. We get to hire a youth pastor and a kids pastor and an office administrator like we did last year. When we're supposed to be shut down and afraid, God blessed us, right, with the hiring of three staff members last year. That's amazing stuff. We were never behind on a payment. We always paid the payment on time and then some. We started paying twice on our mortgage payment, okay, a month. We're like, God, what are you doing money-wise? It's because you believed that it's important to continue to give. And so for that, I want to say thank you for that. But don't stop now. We're just ramping this baby up. So we give the 10% to God. One thing that has really helped me is understanding that the money I earn is his money. Because if it wasn't for him, I literally would have nothing. Amen? God blesses humility, not arrogance, when it comes to the realm of our finances. Yes, you work. And you work hard for your, I work hard for my money. Okay? You work hard for your money. I know that. Some of you have some brutal jobs, working on the railroad, doing stuff that you don't really want to do, but you do it 
for your family. You do it for church. But if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have the ability to work. And so how I choose to walk in humility when it comes to my finances, I say, God, I can either choose arrogant arrogance and choose the arrogant side that says, you can't tell me, pastor, what to do with my money. I work for it. Or I choose humility where I says, God, if it wasn't for you, I don't know what I would do. God, I'm going to have faith and trust you with my money. Amen. Then we come to living abundantly. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses eight. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you have an abundance for every good deed. That's written out of the New American Standard Version. Let me read to you what it says in the NIV. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Again, everything to God is a heart issue. And because it's a heart issue, what is heaven's heart on our finances? Let me reiterate that heaven is not a place of lack. Heaven is not a place of worry. Heaven's not a place where we're always wondering where the next blessing is going to come from to help me pay that bill. Heaven's a place that he will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Let me just tell you, God's more richer than all of us, if richer is even a word, okay? He lives in the extra realm. He lives in the abundance realm. It's actually called supernatural is what it is. That's where he's at. And for us to be in frame with that, it takes a renewed mind. And so how do we know that our minds are renewed into the mind of Christ when it comes to the abundant living in, 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 in our resources? Well, your mind, you know your mind is renewed when the impossible seems logical. Where the impossible seems doable. So here we are. Every year we come together at the end of the first month of the new year. Is Kaylin here still? Can you play some music back there really light? Thank you. <clears throat> so here we are. We come together every year. And like I said, if you come to church here regularly or this is your first time, I want you to know that I'm extremely, extremely sensitive about finances. We as a church are extremely transparent about our finances. Okay? But we're also filled with faith for the next thing. At the end of this, as we unfold our Kingdom Builders vision for the year, I'm gonna ask you to make a faith commitment goal for the year. So be thinking about that. What is it that God would have you do? Now, I will say this. Tithe is what we give to the church. And I don't wanna say this, okay? I don't want to say this because I don't want to give you the wrong impression, but I'm going to say it to make the, the, the difference in what I'm trying to lay out here. If there were a requirement to tithe, that would be for the church. That comes first and foremost. Does that make sense? I'm not telling you it's a requirement, okay, because it's not, because it's a hard issue to God. But what I'm saying is that comes first. This, however, is secondary. This is where we say, by faith, connected to my heart, I'm going to give. 
I'm going to make a commitment, a covenant, if you will, with the Lord to say, I'm going to give this much this year, no matter what it is. Could be $5 for the year. If it's $5 for the year, I think that's a great amount. If that's what the Lord lays in your heart, okay, I would ask, are you stretching your faith with that $5? If it's $100 for the year, praise the Lord. If it's 1000 praise the Lord. I'm still going to ask, are you stretching your faith with that number? What is God speaking to you? So Kingdom Builders, and you heard one story this morning of how Kingdom Builders is affecting our state, okay? Over 200,000 students heard the gospel last year. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Yeah. So let's go to this booklet real quick, and let me just lay this out here real fast for you. Okay? The first, the first couple pages here, says World Missions. Okay? We support world missions, literally, from, from people to Africa, China, Iran, all over the place. People building churches. One of the ones I want to draw your attention to in World Missions is our newest one. We've actually taken up two new missionaries this last year. One of them, his name is Christopher Martin. Christopher Martin is a guy who cold called me a few weeks ago. He says, Pastor, I'm a missionary with the state of Wisconsin out of the Assemblies of God. And God's laid in my heart to go to India and start CrossFit gyms, start churches masked as CrossFit gyms. My wife and my family and I were going to move there. Now, I don't know if you've read recently what's going on in India, but they're literally being persecuted for the gospel in India. Not just being talked about and not just being censored. We're talking physically persecuted. And here's a gentleman who's going, I want to go and I want to start churches, but we're going to have CrossFit. They'll be, the mo- they'll be the most fit Christians ever. That's what you get to partake of. You When we commit to be a kingdom builder partner, you will have the opportunity to not just plant a CrossFit church, but invest into the lives of people they're going to reach. That's amazing to me. So here we have, we're, we're, we're dedicating for the year, the total amount of $13,800 for global impact. Casa Angelina Orphanage. We actually upped that by 500 to go to Ivan Tate. Ivan Tate's going to be with us in March. If you haven't heard Ivan Tate yet, you need to be here for Ivan Tate meetings. You'll be, you'll be blessed, I promise. Then we kind of scoot on over here to community. Community impact is what we call it. Okay? Making an impact in our community. Look at that first line. There's lacrosse team challenge. A few weeks ago, we had a graduation of the first person to go through lacrosse team challenge here at the church. Amazing stuff. So as I'm praying for this, I'm going, God, how much do you want us to give to lacrosse team challenge this year? And we actually upped it by $1,000. Because I'm, going, I'm thinking to myself, God, why not invest into our own backyard for people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol? Let's win some souls, man. Let's make some disciples. 
I won't have the opportunity to start a lacrosse team challenge, but we have people who are and who do. And I want to bless them. Just to let you guys know, we were the first church ever, ever to start and to give financially to lacrosse team challenge in our area. Isn't that a great testimony? Projects, got next chapter ministries, 1200 that's $100 a month. They take people that are coming out of prison, primarily guys, gentlemen, take them out of prison. When they get out of prison, they provide a bridge for them. They live in a house here in La Crosse. They provide a bridge for them from prison to real life. Going, taking them through schooling, helping them find a job, helping them find a place to live, reconnecting with family, all of those things. Great ministry we're gonna support. Then we scoot on over here to Home Base Impact. Home Base, which is our church, us. The next step, if you've been here for a while, you'll, 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 you'll find us a really great testimony. We've been working on a building here behind this wall that was vacant for 17 years, been 18 years now, it's been vacant. When I first got here, it had dirt floors. That's it, it had dirt floors. About two years into me being here, the Lord told me, I want you to finish what was started. I very well could have just left it dirt floors and says, we'll never have the money for it. We're never gonna finish it. But God said, it's gonna get done. Now, I can go take a loan out right now for it and finish this thing out. But you know what? We're not gonna be in debt. Amen? So the next step for us in the completion, it's just the next step in the completion of our building is $90,000. And that finishes our HVAC, the walls, finishes our plumbing. Almost everything in that building will be completed, almost, with a few things, painting, making sure that everything's safe, you know, running a couple of things here and there. But the bulk of it, this year, I'm believing God, for over $100,000 to complete that building for the next step. Does that make sense? Because there's nothing more that I want than to stick our teenagers back in that youth room so we can start growing a little bit more with our teenagers. How many, you got over 40 students going to camp this year, right? Over 40 students going to winter camp here in about three weeks. If you've never been a youth pastor, you won't know this, but 40 students going to a camp is a huge deal. I think we picked the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing what God can do when we have a little faith. So with this building, I'm just believing God is gonna give us that money so we don't have to take loans out. I don't wanna take a loan out. Debts of the devil. I don't want that. But let's be blessed with that. And the last one is this. Because we are a next-gen church and we love investing into the future of our students, kids, and, and teenagers, we have future leaders. And this helps us with camp scholarships, youth convention scholarships, mission trip scholarships, and we're asking for 4500 now. When you are a Kingdom Builder partner, what you're gonna do is you're gonna commit either annually or every month to give to all of these categories. 
This is kingdom builders. You don't give to specifically just one thing. We give to it, and then we go and, 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 and accomplish it and, and push forth the kingdom builder mission. Okay? So here's what we're going to do. Let's pray. And uh, I counted it out here. I'm, I'm going to make sure I get a refresh here. Okay, I didn't refresh, but we're sitting at a total amount of $128,460 for the year for Kingdom Builders that we're going to commit to. Everybody online, this is for you too. You don't get a pass from this. All 77 of you that are watching right now online. Listen to that. Hear that for a second. Our average attendance online is 77 people. That's amazing. Let's just pray and let's ask God how much he would want us to invest into for the year. Then on the back of this booklet, you're gonna see a little pledge amount. I want you to write that amount down, keep this booklet with you, and just continue to pray and ask God to help you. I promise you, once you start stepping out in faith, God will provide for you for this to happen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, what would you want us to give this morning? Individually here at the church, for our individual hearts connected to your heart in this matter, connected by faith, what would you want us to give individually now or as a family unit to kingdom builders? Just speak to us in the mouth, Father, and we're gonna commit to that. We're gonna write that down on our paper so we have a written visual of what it is you spoke to us. Now, don't debate God on this. I promise you, you didn't think of a number yourself. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. We take our commitments, Kingdom Builders' commitments, and we say yes and amen. Let it be, Father. Let it be what you desire. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.